0: Hey, all you dames and dudes. I'm Stevie. And I'm Tanya.
1: And we are the dames in in pain. pain. Oh, shit, we're recording. My bad. That's what
0: I meant by uh, I'm in.
1: Mm, I got you.
0: Okay, so now that we've talked about some really horrible shit. Let's talk about somebody who's not horrible. Um, and Yay. with that, I mean the tallest man. His name is, he went by Jack Earl, but he was born Jacob Rubin Ehrlich. Um, so before I start, my sources are the showmansmuseum.org and the mayoclinic.org. So well, here we go. Uh, Jacob Rubin Ehrlich. Was born in Denver in 1906 and he only weighed four pounds. If you can believe what, that. yeah, he's just like, an inner
1: bitter baby,
0: yeah. Um, so his parents were German Jewish immigrants and they raised him in El Paso, Texas. So that's kind of where he's the I think they called him the
1: Texas giant. I believe they did, yes.
0: Um, so when he was 10 years old he was over six feet tall already wow Wow. could you imagine those growth spurts like fuck that i bet that hurts i bet he had a ton of stretch marks i would imagine so i mean i I don't think you can do that and not get stretch marks right
1: your skin Um, just does not have enough time to catch up at that point
0: Right. So being 10 years old and taller than everyone, uh, he started to avoid people because he didn't want to deal with it. And he would walk down the alleys on his way to school.
1: Oh, for baby. Yeah.
0: So um, by 13, he was over seven foot one. And by 17, he had grown to eight feet tall, six inches. So eight feet, Shut- six inches up yeah that's
1: crazy and I
0: looked up so I looked up like animals that are that tall just to kind of have like a a visual in your head elephants and giraffes
1: what oh my god
0: yeah so what happened is Jack had a case of gigantism and so we're going to talk about two different things um that gigantism is related to, but gigantism occurs in children who are still growing. Um, Their body is producing too much growth hormone, which makes them grow a lot quicker. Um, And then the children obviously have exaggerated bone growth and an abnormal increase in height. So at this point, he's eight foot tall, 17 year old Jacob. He went with his dad to LA and was discovered by Hollywood.
1: Okay. Hollywood
0: so, Kid. Yeah. And he had the opportunity to start acting in comedies. So he was actually an actor before he was in the sideshow.
1: He's already so precious.
0: I know. Um, so he, that's when he took his screen name, which was Jack Earl. Um, and he ended up in like appearing in 48 movies. Two of them being Hansel and Gretel in 1923 and then Jack and the Beanstalk in
1: 1924. Was he Jack or was he
0: the giant? I don't know. It didn't say. But I am assuming I he was the giant. The
1: giant. Yeah.
0: <laughs> um, this is the sad part. So his career was unfortunately ended during the filming of his 49th movie. Um, and the reason is, is because he fell 14 feet from a scaffolding attached to one of the studio's so-called comedy cars, which I don't really know what that means, uh, like a comedy car, but I'm assuming it's like one of their prop cars. And then if that wasn't bad enough, he had a timber beam fall on top of him. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So, and this actually ended up being kind of like, um, like a, a one of those fortunate accidents because it actually led to like a, another diagnosis and I'll get to that. So when he woke up, he woke up in the hospital with a broken nose and blurry eyesight. Um, and then eventually lost his like full eyesight after three days.
1: What are you going to tell me yeah. why?
0: Okay. Yeah. So that's when they found, um, a tumor on his pituitary gland. Um, and, in the accident and had been pushed up into his optic nerve um, and that was what was causing his
1: blindness. I have to kick Kyle out. Hold on one moment. He's in here wagging and I'm like, you're going to ruin the recording. I love him (laughs) so much. (laughs) Kylo, come on, you gotta get out. Let's go to bed. Let's go to bed. Let's go to bed. And I'm back.
0: Okay. So now I want to talk about the pituitary gland. It's basically this little bean um, at the base of your brain um, and it actually kind of sits somewhere between your nose and your ears. So if you can think about it, it's like, because your brain sits in the upper half of your skull, obviously, and then you have your sinuses in the front Then you also have like brain behind your sinuses, if you can picture that. And part of that is your pituitary gland. And it's just a little bean. Um, A little bean. What?
1: I was going to ask, is it precious?
0: I mean, if you're into that sort of thing. (laughs) I think I am. (laughs) It's a little bean that's responsible for a fuck ton in your body. Like crazy. Um, So... It is responsible for releasing stimulating hormones that regulate other glands. And it's basically called the master gland because of how much it affects your body. Some of the hormones it secretes is your growth hormone. We know what that is. Uh, Prolactin is the hormone that causes the growth of breast tissue and the production of breast milk. I was going to ask.
1: I was like, I feel like that has to do with my boobs.
0: Yes, Lactin gave it away.
1: <laughs> that must have been it.
0: Um, oxytocin, which we all know is the love hormone. Um and so then a little it's also- bean is
1: in charge of who I love.
0: Yes. Yeah. Well, making you feel like you're love. Got it. It's also responsible for antidiuretic hormone or vasopressin, uh they're the same thing but that is what tells your kidneys how much water your body needs and whether it needs to reabsorb water or secrete more water or excrete more water I should say wow yeah and that's not all so not only does it produce those hormones but it's also responsible for triggering the production of other hormones get ready for this So it's responsible for TSH, which is your thyroid stimulating hormone. Um, And it tells your, that hormone tells your thyroid to start producing um, T4 and T3. Uh, And diseases with those are really fun um, and pretty much cover everything. There's a symptom that goes with every piece of your body with those.
1: Neat. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, so then it also is responsible for triggering the production of the luteinizing hormone, um, which is responsible for follicle development and testosterone production. It's responsible for triggering.
1: I was going to say which everyone needs.
0: Yes. Uh, it's responsible for follicle stimulating hormone, which is responsible for ovulation and development of, you know, the ovaries. It's also responsible for spermatogenesis, which is the production of sperm cells.
1: Oh, interesting.
0: Yeah. So the last one that it is responsible for triggering is the adrenocorticotropic adrenocortico- hormone. Adrenocorticotropic hormone. I
1: hate that word. <laughs> I don't think I could have said it. <laughs> Adreno. Nope. Nope.
0: Adrenocorticotropic.
1: Adrenocorticotropic. There you go. I'm doing a thumbs up at you.
0: (laughs) So that's actually your adrenal glands. So it is also responsible for telling your adrenal glands to produce cortisol. And yeah. Okay. So when you're growth hormone is secreted into your bloodstream it triggers your liver to produce a hormone called insulin like growth factor one which is shortened to igf one in turn igf one stimulates the growth of bones and other tissues so you can imagine
1: i was gonna ask so like
0: on your yeah Go
1: ahead, go ahead. Finish that sentence, because oh, I was gonna say, uh, you can imagine
0: with having extra growth hormone secreted that that would be what's responsible for, like, the growth of his
1: bones. Okay, good. I was about to spoil your whole statement by asking if that's why.
0: That happened. <laughs> um. So. When the pituitary gland makes too much growth hormone, excessive amounts of the IGF-1 can result, oh, can be the result. Sorry, my notes are super good.
1: (laughs) Uh, I mean, you saw how good mine were. So good.
0: Um, (laughs) So, and too much IGF-1 can cause abnormal growth of your soft tissues, skeleton, um, but it also can trigger other signs and symptoms that are characteristic of acromegaly or gigantism. And I'll get into acromegaly here in a minute.
1: I'm ripping um, the hair off my knee.
0: I believe in you. It doesn't feel Thank good. You. I believe in you. No.
1: I'm going to get the meat sweats in a second. Oh, no. <laughs> I can sense it. All right. Okay. Tell me more.
0: Okay. So in adults, uh, acromegaly is... Fuck. The... You got it. Got it. Acromegaly is a hormonal disorder that develops when your pituitary gland produces too much growth hormone during adulthood, which generally that's going to like taper off a bit in adulthood. Um, and obviously... With that growth hormone secreted, it triggers all the other events in your body. So you grow. You just keep growing. It usually affects middle-aged adults. What? Yeah. So gigantism is what it's called when you're a child and your pituitary gland is producing too much growth hormone. Acromegaly is what it's called when an adult is producing too much growth hormone.
1: I got really excited because gigantism runs on my mom's side of the family. And I was like, wait a second. Is there still hope for me? There isn't. That's no, what I learned so. today. And
0: also you don't want this hope because generally growth acromegaly is caused by pituitary tumors.
1: <sighs> okay.
0: They're generally benign, um, but it does cause the, excessive secretion of growth hormone um there are some cases of non-pituitary tumors um but there are tumors in other parts of the body that cause the disorder
1: so i'm trying to figure out how i want to ask this or if i even want to so like what if you're going to tell me, just tell me to shut up. Okay. I'll edit it out. But um, if the tumors, like what other spots could the tumors be growing in the body to cause it?
0: So we already talked about one organ that's involved with the pituitary and growth hormone, which is the liver. So it could be on Uh your liver, which would stimulate excessive production of the IGF one. We also have the lungs or the pancreas. Sometimes the tumors themselves secrete the growth hormone. um, And then sometimes tumors produce a hormone called growth hormone releasing hormone because that's not wordy at all. Um, But that that would stimulate your pituitary gland to produce more growth hormone because the tumor is telling it to.
1: Got it. Okay. All right. I I smell what you're smoking. I'm with (laughs) you.
0: Okay. Um so a common sign of acromegaly is obviously the enlarged hands and feet. Those are the first things that people notice. Those are the smallest bone, like some of the smallest bones in your body. So obviously that's going to be the biggest difference. Okay. The way that people kind of realize that this disorder is going on is they'll put on rings that don't fit that used to um or their shoe size has progressively increased
1: what do you mean by aggressively
0: progressively not aggressively
1: oh got it
0: aggressively would be painful
1: <sighs> i know i was like what do you mean okay
0: so um symptoms can vary from one person to another but like i said enlarged hands and feet we are also see enlarged facial features. Uh, you can have skin changes where it's more coarse and oily or thickened. You could have excessive sweating or a change in body odor. You could have skin tags. That can be a symptom. Yeah. Uh, fatigue and muscle weakness. Could you imagine? That would be obviously normal if they're trying to keep up with your bones. Um, right. Right. Enlarged vocal cords and sinuses, because you've got more room in that enlarged face now. God. <laughs> um, so pissed if my sinuses enlarged. Right? So pissed. Uh, severe snoring due to obstruction of the upper airway. You can have impaired vision, headaches, enlarged tongue, pain, and limited joint mobility menstrual cycle irregularities, erectile dysfunction, enlarged organs, such as the heart, which would be shitty. Um, And then if that wasn't enough, you could just lose interest in sex. So complications of the progression of acromegaly can result in some major health issues, as you could probably imagine. Um, So you can have hypertension, which is like high blood pressure, you can develop cardiovascular disease, the enlargement of your heart, uh, osteoarthritis, which is arthritis in the bones, diabetes mellitus. Just kidding. It's diabetes mellitus. <laughs> uh, you can have goiters because those are fun. Uh growths or polyps on the lining of your colon. Sleep oh. apnea because you can't fucking breathe. Uh, carpal yeah. tunnel and spinal cord compression and then also vision loss like he experienced. Neat. Neat.
1: I'm going to rip off the back of my leg hair real quick. Just real quick. Go for it. I
0: believe in you. I believe, I believe. I believe. I
1: believe. Mother. Fuck. All right. Done.
0: Continue. Okay. So early treatment of acromegaly is your best bet um because it can prevent these complications from developing or becoming worse untreated it could lead to premature death neat yeah that's my favorite term in the clinical world premature death (laughs)
1: like if someone had just caught this their death wouldn't have been so premature
0: yeah. Anywho, so your diag yeah, <laughs> so your diagnosis is going to come from a medical history and a physical exam, um, and then if your doctor decides that that might be something that you're experiencing, they're going to do a growth hormone and then that IGF one measurement, and that is a fasting lab because you know. If it wasn't bad enough, you can't eat.
1: (laughs) Neat. You know, I got enlarged sinuses, I got sleep apnea, I have an irregular period.
0: You know what? Not interested in sex.
1: (laughs) Not interested in sex? You know what? I don't need food either. Whatever. There's no joy left.
0: Uh, They can also do a growth hormone suppression test. Um, And this is actually the definitive method for verifying acromegaly. And basically what they're going to do is they're going to take your blood. They're going to measure the levels of growth hormone before and after you drink a prepared like glucose drink, which I've tried on the nasty.
1: They they are nasty.
0: Normally, that glucose is going to lower your levels of growth hormone. But... If you have acromegaly, your growth hormone will stay the same, if not still be really high.
1: Interesting. Okay.
0: Yeah. So then also they can do imaging. So that's your standard MRI, CT scan. Um, and that's what they're going to do to kind of pinpoint the location of the tumor if there is one. And then they're going to have to look into that because that's a whole dance on its own.
1: Is there a chance that there wouldn't be a tumor?
0: Yes, but it's more likely in adults, acromegaly is going to be caused by those pituitary tumors. Got it. So treatment focuses on lowering your production of growth hormone, um, as well as obviously the negative effects that that has or the tumor has on your pituitary gland and surrounding tissue. But you may need more than one type of treatment
1: great
0: yep so you can go with surgery where they remove the tumors and this is a transphenoidal surgery which goes up through your nose like the egyptians like to mummify their what are they called
1: Fuck. mummies is it not
0: mummies what did they call that like Pharaoh? that's it yeah why the hell couldn't i remember that word
1: i was i was like uh they mummify their mummies tanya
0: yeah <laughs> uh but uh, you know what i got adrenocorticotropic hormone down so dang don't worry about it. Dang! Me.
1: i still can't <laughs> say ecto- ectodactyly the right first time <laughs> I, I, I stuttered we'll get there eventually
0: So obviously removing that tumor can normalize your growth production um, and then eliminate the pressure on tissues. In some cases, your surgeon's not going to be able to remove the entire tumor. Um, So it's kind of up to you and your provider what you want to do. But after surgery, you're looking at drugs that reduce the excess growth hormone secretion. And there's quite a few of them that can do that. Let's see. They're given their intramuscle injections. So not only are they shots, but they go into your muscle. So they're not just in your arm. That's like a in your butt. That's painful. Yeah. And those go deep. Um, You also have drugs to lower other hormone levels. So dopamine agonists. And these are oral medications that lower your levels of growth hormone and that IGF-1. The tumor may decrease in size with that, but the downside is some patients develop compulsive behaviors, such as gambling. Like what? Gambling. Oh. Yeah. Damn. So you're so you're gonna bury yourself in medical debt. Might as well try and win big, I guess.
1: I mean, this is America.
0: This is America. <laughs> um. So. Ow!
1: Oh my goodness! Back of thigh. Ow! Ow!
0: You can do it. Party on! Are you sure? Are you sure? <sighs> okay you can go your own way
1: ah, i did it Got all mad that was terrible oh gosh oh that dried enough in it's inner thigh i'm fucked
0: <laughs> okay so moving on the last one is another drug that blocks the action of growth hormone And this one can be helpful for people who haven't had success with other forms of treatment, but it is a daily injection, which again sucks. God.
1: Right? And And it won't reduce
0: Yeah. And it won't reduce the size of a tumor.
1: Jesus. It just
0: blocks what it does. Like it just literally blocks that growth hormone. So it's still being produced. It's just blocking it from affecting your tissues
1: is it weird that my inner thigh is less horrible than the back of my thigh
0: no the back is always the worst
1: i I spoke too soon now this is still better all right continue (laughs) ma'am
0: thank you so moving on we covered some medications now let's cover radiation because that is another type of therapy available for obviously the reduction of tumors Oh, so it will destroy any lingering tumor cells and does slowly reduce growth hormone levels. But it could take years for the treatment to noticeably improve the symptoms that people have with acromegaly. Bro, that's
1: horrible. Right?
0: So there's different types of radiation therapy and you can do the conventional radiation therapy. Um, This is usually given every weekday over a period of four to six weeks. And then you may not even see the full effect of the conventional radiation therapy for a decade or more.
1: Shit. At that point, like I would have no money because once again, this is America uh, so why not just blow it all,
0: right? Like, <laughs> like I, I already suffer with compulsive behaviors. Like I already go through it. Why not add nothing? Yeah, you know. So this next one is called. Um, it's another type of radiation therapy called proton beam therapy. And I just okay. think it sounds really cool.
1: <laughs> it sounds like something for like straight out of Star Trek,
0: right? I think it's rad. Um, So this proton beam therapy, it delivers a targeted high dose of radiation to the tumor and it spares radiation exposure to the normal tissues. So it's kind of um, specific. It is is rad. rad. Yeah. So it's provided in fractions over time. So I think what that means is they would start at a certain amount and then increase it as you go through therapy and then also decrease it as needed. So because of that, treatment times are generally less conven- less than the conventional therapy for radiation.
1: Interesting. Okay. Um, That's cool.
0: Yeah. The last one is stereotactic radiosurgery. Um, This delivers a high dose of radiation to tumor cells in one dose while limiting the amount of radiation to normal surrounding tissues. And it also may bring your growth hormone levels back to normal within five years. So this one is like ultimate.
1: I was going to say, like, that one's the cream of the crop as far as these treatments go, it sounds like.
0: I know, but it's so expensive.
1: I mean, okay, but yeah decades of treatment is probably just as expensive
0: yeah so even after initial treatment acromegaly it's going to be something that requires periodic monitoring by your doctor to make sure that your pituitary gland is functioning properly and that also if you have any of the other symptoms any enlarged organs stuff like that they want to make sure that nothing is really going to come out of left field on you. Um and, yeah, just to kind of avoid any further complications, especially if you're somebody who has acromegaly and has an enlarged heart, like that's that's kind of a big deal. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You betcha. So moving back to Jack. When his doctor examined him, they found that pituitary tumor and found that it had pushed up against his optic nerve during the fall. For the next few months, Jack underwent x-ray therapy, so a sort of radiation. His eyesight returned, um, and it was thought that the treatment may have stopped his growth.
1: Seems like a logical conclusion.
0: Right. So, I mean, the accident fucked him up. But it also kind of helped. Because yeah. tumors aren't something you just want to have hanging around.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: No. So he was still determined to live a normal life despite his size. He ended up going to college at the University of Texas at El, pa- at El Paso. And he was the tallest person to ever graduate from any University of Texas school.
1: I was going to say, he's probably the tallest person to ever do a lot of things, Like to be frank. Imagine that. <laughs> so
0: after he graduated from college, he started using the name Jack, or Jake sometimes. Um, and when he wrote and starred in a version of Jack and the Beanstalk, he portrayed the father in a stage adaptation of Hansel and Gretel. Oh, Oh, he wrote and starred in the version of Jack and the Beanstalk, and then he also pro- portrayed
1: the father in Hansel and Gretel. So he was Jack! He wasn't the giant! Isn't that cute? That makes me so happy!
0: Yeah, this is really cute. So, moving on to the Ringling years. Uh, the Ringling brothers found him in El Paso and... They already had a man working for him, them billed as the world's tallest man, and Jack's friend challenged him to go and see how tall that giant was. <laughs> but Jim Tarver was seven feet five inches.
1: Jack so he was giant, a giant.
0: Jack the giant was thirteen, yeah, thirteen inches taller than him, and he was hired on the spot he was offered a 1 year contract which turned into 14 years. Wow. Yeah. So wow. and he had several oh, jobs in the circus. Go ahead.
1: I was going to say did it did it say what he had to do? Did he just have to stand there and let people come stand next to him?
0: I'm going to cool. get to it. Okay. So okay. he
1: had several jobs in
0: the circus. He trained the show's pygmy African elephants. Bu- bully? Bu-li, bu-li? I don't know how to say that. Please correct How's me. How's this spelled? B-U-L-I. Bully, Bully. I'm bully. going Bully. Bully, 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 Bully. And Nuba.
1: Which I think is Nuba. cute for elephants.
0: Those are um, cute names for
1: elephants.
0: So let's see he also worked with major might clarence chesterfield who was two feet two inches tall and on the road he was wedged into ringling's famous car 96 and was described as the most talented of a long line of ringling brothers circus giants
1: wow that's really Mm -hmm. cool so proud of him right
0: So John Ringling arranged for him to go to art school to study sculpture after seeing his work in clay of an Australian bushman, and it was exhibited by the circus. He ended up becoming interested in painting and studied with Emilio Cajero of El Paso, which is a Mexican painter, in art school, which I think is really
1: fucking cool. That is really cool.
0: He stayed with the circus until his early 40s and then left to start his own sideshow in Australia and New Zealand. Um, Aww. And, right? And he ended up on tour in Australia with the Ringling Brothers in 1940.
1: That's sweet. Yeah. I'm glad they paid him.
0: hmm So when he returned he had kind of lost his gumption his oomph for the circus and he didn't really want to be a circus freak anymore he suffered from claustrophobia which i mean being that big and things aren't built for people of abnormal stature of any abnormal stature then i'm gonna be honest people are
1: things are built for people my size right unless you have to reach for something, then it's all
0: of a sudden a giant's world. -hmm. So he had a few different like complexes. He hated people staring at him um, and even said once, learning to overcome the hardships of traveling, such as having to buy my socks in bulk and sleeping doubled up in train berths wasn't the chief difficulty. It was psychological. Getting people to realize that Despite my size, I was just a normal person trying to earn a normal living in a normal manner.
1: Oh, right.
0: So, my guy being a giant and as rare as they are, he obviously was a really nice guy, but his best friends were the dancing dolls, which were (gasps) a family of four. Uh, what is the correct terminology? I forgot.
1: Persons with dwarfism.
0: Perfect. So they're a fa- family of four persons with dwarfism, which obviously we've talked about the dancing dolls a little bit. Um, but he could be seen like it was a familiar sight for Jack to be walking between the tents, his big voice booming to reply in a high pitched remark from little Harry doll who would usually ride on his shoulder
1: that is the cutest freaking thing i've
0: ever heard in my life right i love him Uh i love them right so and one of the reasons he became so close with the dolls is because when he first joined the circus harry was the one who was helping him On his first day, Harry felt him feel more at ease and pointed out to him that there were more freaks in the audience than there were on the sideshow platform.
1: So true. Right?
0: So after Jack left the circus and sideshow, he moved to California. Um, A friend of his, an employee of a California-based Roma wine company, persuaded him to take a three-month promotional tour with the company and he actually liked it oh, oh really he liked it yeah he liked it so much he decided to stay and he was the world's largest traveling salesman outfitted in a customized pontiac made a lasting impression on every customer by handing out nine inch long business cards
1: Shut up! That's the cutest thing!
0: Right? Ah. And so he continued traveling the country, lecturing on the importance of the American wine industry during the
1: times of hardship in Europe. Ooh. Oh. I just ripped out my nose hair. I'm going to do the other side now, guys.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so... The thing about him traveling so much and living on the road, he never actually bought a house. Instead, he would stay in hotels. So in San Francisco, he occupied a large room in the Palace Hotel and slept in a nine by six foot bed, which had the largest sheets in the world. And there were very few personal possessions that he had, but they were stored. um, They were stored there. All his custom-made shit.
1: (laughs) I just got really close to Tanya and used my phone as a mirror so that she could see me stick the stick in my
0: nose. Love it. My favorite. He ended up traveling 11 months out of the year And went through, like, 46 states, crisscrossing three or four times over the
1: country. Could you imagine? Wow. 11 months out of the year. So, yeah, like, why would you want to buy a place or have a lease? Like, what's the point? Right.
0: He also sold thousands of his, quote-unquote, lucky Giants rings for a quarter apiece for years after he left the circus. And when he met someone who still carried one of the rings, he would offer to buy it back if it hadn't brought the person good luck.
1: (gasps) Isn't he the sweetest? He's so sweet.
0: (laughs) Um, So another hobby of his was golfing, and he was a very avid golfer. And this article in the Showman's Museum website is Packed full of all sorts of stuff. I mean, he had customized clubs and everything like, and because he was such a nice guy, people loved him. So there's literally like at least five people like showing their respects in that article.
1: Oh, that's so sweet. I love him and I barely know him. Right. I know enough. I know he's a good man. So
0: if that wasn't enough, he became deputy sheriff in El Paso. Isn't that cute?
1: <laughs> so he became a lawman too. God, I him. love him.
0: He was drafted in World War II.
1: Oh.
0: Um, and they reported him and Charles Amasalian Amas- Amasalian Alma I don't know how to say that and I am so sorry. But he was four feet inch four feet tall, eleven inches. Um they reported to duty in October of 1943 and were rejected by the army.
1: Like too short and too tall. Jesus.
0: Well, I can't imagine they like plain cockpits fit abnormally short or abnormally (sighs) large humans oh. He also painted still lifes and delicate landscapes. Who is he worked. He? He's such he- a good. Oh, I know. He worked in watercolors and oils. After becoming a traveling salesman, he sculpted in clay and other mediums. Of
1: course, he did.
0: yeah Things that he had to order special was like everything from his shell rimmed glasses, shirts hats, gloves, all had to be made to order.
1: Was So like everything on him was gigantic?
0: Yes, his hands, his feet. Boyfriend was eight feet tall.
1: I know, I just wasn't sure if he had like a weird head or if it was just like a noodle. I'll have to Google pictures of him after this. And I'm sure he'll look just adorable. I'm sure he will
0: so he actually really enjoyed driving and he had that customized pontiac until Mm -hmm. he had an accident in the win in winter in colorado he was trapped inside his car which was overturned and the road crew like found him and reported that two men had been hurt when he was the only one in the car what? Because he was so large, they thought there was two oh. people. Oh, yeah. So I was like, "What?" I know. Was it cut in half? Like that's that's
1: where my mind went.
0: Oh no. Um, he never really recovered from his violent impact oh. and visited the Mayo Clinic four times for treatments on his back. My guy. Yeah, and I mean hospitals aren't built to accommodate people of that size either so they had to like finagle beds together and stuff and I mean they had a seminar the Mayo had a seminar with all of the endocrinologists just for him and if you don't know endocrinologists are the one who study like your hormones got it I don't know actually I've
1: I've heard it but I didn't know
0: yeah okay so let's see what else. He wrote a children's book. Shut your beautiful mouth. He did because he would visit crippled children's wards and hospitals in San Francisco. And he would tell them stories he created about boys and girls who had giants for friends.
1: Oh my gosh.
0: Isn't it the sweetest? I love
1: him. I love it so much.
0: Um, He was also published he also published a book called The Long Shadows
1: He was quite literally a jack of all trades like
0: (laughs) But don't forget he also was an excellent skeet shooter skilled chess player game fish angler in Florida and an avid reader
1: My god This is, like, one of, first off, like, he is one of the most well-rounded individuals I've ever heard of. (laughs) Right?
0: He was a gentle
1: giant.
0: He was. (sighs) My whole heart. So, unfortunately, he did not marry, and he did not have any children. But I'll read the poem after the rest of this. We'll end on the poem. He retired in El Paso on a ranch in 1951, where he spent his spare time visiting children's homes and entertaining the children with stories of magical giants. He ended up dying of kidney failure in 1952 and is buried in Texas. He lived to be 46.
1: so, So much in such a short amount of time. Right? Wow. What the fuck am I doing with my life? seriously i'm 31 and i'm just like
0: am i, I an adult
1: I, <laughs> right i don't even know if i'm a grown-up yet i don't think i am am i fully formed yes yeah. well <laughs> don't actually prove it don't at me
0: so, to end our story of Jack, the gentle giant, the tallest man, I'll end it with a poem Honor. that he wrote. Shadowy mists swirl and steal, dawn the cornices of my mind. Quietly at first, then faster and faster, into the deep hiding places of my terror, they penetrate. My steps quicken, and I flee in fear from the Pursuing Shadows.
1: Oh. I know. It was kind of a sad poem.
0: I know. Well, and he, I mean, he dealt with so much. Yeah.
1: I'm sure he had a lot cool of sadness.
0: dude.
1: He made 49 movies while working for the circus for 14 years while owning a... <laughs> A sideshow in Australia, wrote a children's book,
0: painted some paintings, Uh, he had an exhibit by the way,
1: and was only 46.
0: Yup. And was the nicest person you could ever meet.
1: Seriously.
0: We should all aspire to be more like Jack Earl.
1: I do. Jack Earl is going on my list of people I want to be more like.
0: Me too. I don't know if i So be literally
1: this this episode has had the absolute best and worst of humanity. <laughs> yes. We did the real like yin-yang thing here. We like do. we got it down.
0: That's kind of why I did that because I knew you were going to Well, I mean, true crime is never fun, but
1: no. Never nice. Never Not like the Muse brothers who had crimes committed against them, but were good humans. Seriously. Well, uh, I've, I've, I've plucked, shaved, and baby, I'm hairless. Same. Mostly. I'm French. I'm never hairless. Right. Do we have a song for the week? <gasps> we do because uh, you were singing it when we hopped in here. So it's going to be, admit it. If I say anything. Admit it. Ah, Admit it. So please feel free to hop into our Spotify playlist. I haven't made it on Apple Music yet, but I'll get there. Uh, it is called Dames in Pain, the playlist. Go ahead. Go take a listen. Our songs of the weeks are in there, as well as songs that are special to the both of us. So that's always exciting.
0: I added so so much music and I am so sorry and I am not sorry at all because (laughs) this is music that I thought represented like our friendship and then also like that I thought would be good I tried my best to like not add all of the music that I thought was great (laughs) (laughs) but it gives you just kind of a little peek into our personalities
1: for sure I definitely added Shake It by Metro Station, which is the one song that still makes me just so happy. And I don't know why, but it gets me pumped.
0: All of the uh, 90s hip hop and rap was me.
1: (laughs) Uh Uh-uh. I put in no diggity. Oh, nice. Yes. (laughs) All the other ones are nice. For sure. But that is our song of the week plus our playlist. So please take a listen when you have some time. If you Hey, all you dames and dudes. If you have any crazy medical or true crime stories that you'd like to send our way and have a share on our upcoming listener episode, please email us at damesinpain@gmail.com at gmail or
0: check us out on Instagram or Facebook. Just search Dames in Pain. Thanks for tuning in.
1: Thanks for hanging out.
0: And thanks for enjoying our pain.